Welcome to Eerie Essex, a podcast for those who want to join us on our journey into the stranger side of the county. We will be exploring the folklore, urban legends and supernatural encounters that form part of its rich history. introduction we did it (laughs) all those weeks of prep and we're here finally at last we should probably tell people who we are okay well I'm Bethan Briggs Miller I'm the believer who will pretty much believe anything and I'm Ailsa Clark and I'm the skeptic I I like to look at things logically I love a good horror story. I love a good ghost story. I think that our folklore gives us a idea about how our belief systems were formed. But I'm not, I don't tend to off the bat believe things. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at you to rein me in a bit with stuff we discover. Because <laughs> I've, I'm, I keep saying I'm new to the area. I'm not. I've been here 10 years. Well, we're both kind of transplants, aren't we? Like, you've come over from Wales yeah, 10 years ago. Um, I mean, I've been in the area for nearly 30 years, but um, I'm like, my family's moved all over the place and actually uh, lived in Suffolk. And I've only moved into Essex in the last four years, even though I work here. Yeah, so we're going to discover it together. Yeah, well, I have worked for basically every tourist attraction in Colchester so (laughs) I know a lot about Colchester not a lot about Essex same I don't drive so I haven't been out in Essex much I know Colchester and Wivenhoe and that's about it so I'm (laughs) very much looking forward to learning more and I think you get to learn more about an area through its folklore than its actual history because it's how people thought yes exactly yes and it's more and when you're looking at history you're seeing the side of history which has been written down which is usually made by the sort of the nobles and the the richer people whereas when you're looking at folklore you're looking at the lives of everyday people which yeah. I find more fascinating yeah the as you say history was written by those who wanted it to sound a certain way maybe mm. and washed over some other things whereas perhaps that's why folklore can perhaps seem dark maybe because people had nothing to lose they didn't want to prove anything it was just what they believed exactly and they believe some weird stuff weird things (laughs) yes that was almost our first swear bethan it really was (laughs) (laughs) and there may be many more Yes. Apologies in advance, but some things are pretty weird coming up. Right. Oh, we should thank Just Dow. Just did the amazing theme tune that you've just heard. And what we asked for was something creepy yet folky. And I think he delivered. He really did. It really sent chills down my spine listening to that. 
Goosebumps. Goosebumps. And Joss plays with Fishclaw, which is a fantastic local band. Look them up. They've just released a new album and it is fantastic. So we love you, Joss. And hopefully they'll be gigging soon with, you know, things opening up safely. Uh, hopefully, yes. By the time this, we actually release this, we might know more. So you, listeners, you know more <laughs> than us at this point. Yes, you're in the future. We're in the past. Speaking to Ooh. you from beyond. Speaking to you from so we've decided to approach this podcast in monthly installments and looking at themes now Elsa's picked the first theme this month do you want to tell us what it is I picked the theme hotel or inns it's I don't know why I picked it it just kind of popped into my head but it was a really fascinating wealth of sort of research to be done there we found so much stuff yes and I was thinking about why hotels feel creepier than perhaps any other place you can visit you sleep there you're you're most vulnerable there you're not just popping in on the off chance you might see a ghost you might not it's, you're going to be there in the witching hour and but it's also like a liminal space isn't it you're not there you, you no one lives there unless it's like, you know, a B&B, but it's not, it's not a place that's lived in it. You just pass through it. Yes. Hence why it's perhaps creepier. Mm. Just in case anyone wonders what any background noises are today, we're not alone, but not in the spooky way. Well, we, we, at least we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're never alone. Um, I have <clears throat> two little demons, I mean children, <laughs> who hopefully are well bribed with chocolate and postman pat and paw patrol or the latest that disney plus has to offer <laughs> but you know even that only has its limits and i have a large white fluffy cat <laughs> um called casper who may decide to make some noise later and ask for food or just general attention he's the third host he is though he's asleep right now so he's a appalling host well it is quite early on a saturday sorry i called <laughs> called it this early i thought we'd be hitting some snags earlier well we did often. we did but they're done now yay so, who wants to go first um we should really flip to coin shouldn't we uh, do you want to go first i'll go first yeah do we want to do all of ours because you know we've picked a couple of them mm. Well, I'm intrigued at one, the one you said, wait till you hear it. You've got me really excited. So whichever okay. one that was. Um, so my first uh, place I looked into was the Bell Inn at Thorpe Le Soken. And I really loved this one because it was almost like a, uh, you know, a Regency novel, the way this took place. I actually wrote in my notes, Charlotte Bronte, eat your heart out. <laughs> And it's just brilliant. So the Bell Inn at Thorpe Oaken is haunted by a, um, a ghost known as the beautiful bigamist. Oh. And her story is, I, I think is actually more fascinating than the actual haunting. But I'll just run through it really like, well, it'll take as long as it takes. So her name was Kitty Cannon. It's a good name. Yes. And she's reputed to haunt the Bell Inn ever since her grave was disturbed in the 1800s. Yeah, so don't the Bell, do that, people. The Bell Inn actually used to be the Guild Hall. And 
it backs onto uh, St. Michael's Church, church which the, uh, and its graveyard, which surrounds it. So it's, it was quite easy to just, I mean, I think they did some renovation and disturbed it that way, but, you know, 1800s. So they probably weren't following historical guidance and things. So Kitty lived actually a little bit before that. She was, let me just find it. It was something like 1760, I think, she lived. So Kitty was a, a resident of Thorpe She was famously beautiful. And she attracted the attention of a man called Alexander Goh, or Goh, however you want to pronounce it, who was the vicar at St. Michael's Church. So she was only 20 years old, and he was much older than her. And early on in their marriage, they lost a baby the marriage fell apart and Kitty quickly grew bored with her life in Thorpe and uh, decided to get away from her domineering husband. So she started off visiting London and then one day she went to London and disappeared and nobody knew what happened to her until this next part. All right. So she went to London and she met somebody called Lord Delaney, which I am probably pronouncing wrong. And she quickly fell in love with him and they were married while she was still married to the vicar. Hence the beautiful bigamist. So they traveled in luxury through Europe for three years, um, you know, in high society. She had a much more adventurous life and she really did love her new husband. However, in Verona, she fell ill and I think it was consumption and she was on her deathbed basically and finally confessed to her new husband that she was still married to Alexander in Thorpe-Bazoken. And she requested that Lord Delaney bring her body back to be buried in St. Michael's Church, where Alexander was still vicar. So her loving second husband set out to fulfil her wishes and put her body in a casket of brandy to sort of set it in place before they reached home. As you so, do. So they set sail and apparently a storm blew them off course. They were, they were headed for Harwich, but the storm blew them off course and they ended up going down the River Colne where they met the excisemen at Hythe Quay. So the excisemen, very suspicious, thought he was smuggling something because he was very protective over this casket of, um, of what did I call it? Was it rum brandy. or brandy? Yes. And they stabbed it. So... Uh, the casket burst open, the brandy went everywhere, as did Kitty's body. And her first husband was called to sort this whole mess out once Lord Delaney had explained himself. And uh, the apparently um, the vicar challenged uh, Lord Delaney to a duel, but they actually realised how much he lo- like Lord Delaney had loved Kitty. And they actually became friends and they walked, yeah, they walked together in Kitty's funeral procession and they buried her in um, St. Michael's churchyard where she had asked to be buried, which was all very sweet and lovely and really does sound like a Charlotte Bronte novel, doesn't it? It really does. (laughs) It was epic. Netflix should pick that up. Yeah. Anyway, that should have been the end, the end, the beautiful end to a sad story. Um, However, in 1800s, the churchyard was disturbed during renovations and Kitty's grave was dug up. So it was then 
then reports started um, coming in of her spirit wandering. And it wasn't just the Bell Inn, it's the houses next to it as well. Right. So they they see her all throughout because they're all back onto this churchyard. But in 1972, uh, a guest of the pub awoke to find the room's heavy wardrobe had been moved and the spare bed uh, looked slept in. So a giant wardrobe had been shoved across the room, basically. And um, people say that uh, they feel her presence and that um, they think that she's watching them when they're in the room. And then in 1999, a fire destroyed most of the pub and the, the attached cottage. But Kitty's painting, which is in the um, the Bell Inn, was completely untouched. No way. Yes. I actually oh. have a picture of it. And it's a very strange painting. It looks like, you know, a few years back when that old woman tried to restore that, that, paint, that Jesus painting. Yes. It's a little bit strange. It kind of looks like that. Hmm. Um, Maybe that's why she haunts. That could be, it could be just be like, she's, she, I mean, she was called the beautiful bigamist and she looks a bit like a Picasso. Oh dear. Which probably shouldn't say this and probably offending the, the painter, whoever, I hope not. Sorry. I doubt they're going to come after so you. Sorry. Where was it painted? I don't know. Oh, I, I found the picture, but then there was no detail about it. Maybe when we set up our Instagram, we can have that as one of our first images of Kitty Cannon, the beautiful ghost bigamist. Yeah. Searching for maybe one of her two husbands for the rest of her of uh of her afterlife. Or the painter. Or the painter to maybe have words. So the owners and the staff uh have all said they feel the presence in the pub, as well as the uh people in the neighbouring cottages, which were originally part of the of the of the inn slash pub. There's also a second ghost there. So I haven't got a lot of information on this one, but apparently he's been seen and his name is William Gull. Mm-hmm. And he is one of the suspects for being Jack the Ripper. No way. And he was, he, I think he was sort of one of the physicians to Queen Victoria as well, but he is also buried in um, Thorpe the Soken church, churchyard. Wow. Okay, so, that hotel has some good ghosts. Yes, well, some interesting ghosts. Yes. A bigamist and a potential murderer. Is that who the film... Oh, what was that film with Johnny Depp? From Hell? The Queen's Physician was the murderer in that. Yes. Do you know, I have been to like six or seven places where they say, and this is where so-and-so, the potential Jack the Ripper is buried I think I was in Bath once and I was on a boat trip and they said that when we were passing a little village it's like a a sort of a national claim to fame we have a Jack the Ripper here (laughs) maybe there's more than one well there's there were several people who were potential suspects so it seems like every part of the country has a potential suspect in it or maybe more than one I had no idea there was one in Essex I think I don't think it's the only one. I I'm swear I've been somewhere else where there's another one. Maybe we need a whole episode on Jack the Ripper then. <laughs> Jack the Ripper's potential avatars and haunts. Yes, that was a really good hotel. I know. I I loved that story so much. It's like some it, you couldn't imagine it happening in real life. So fantastical. 
yeah, as you say, the sto- the actual story of her life is more interesting than the haunting. Yeah. Do you want me to do another one, or do you want to do one of yours next? I wouldn't mind doing one of mine next. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I stuck close to home. Uh, so I've looked at Colchester. It's the oldest town in the county, so it, it's chocker with It's ghosts. a hotbed. A hotbed for ghosts. You didn't have to look far. I think literally you can throw a stone and you find a haunted place. I mean, I think this, I mean, most of the residents in this building think it's haunted. Yeah. Yeah. It's the old barracks. Yeah. So going to, and actually I've come across some, um, for a later episode, maybe there are some ghosts associated with the barracks. Oh, good. Cause I have been trying to look that up and I can never quite figure out how to, uh, are you sure you want to know if you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've 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 lived here for a while. It's not like I'm scared of anything. My husband is really scared of what I've uncovered where he works. <laughs> oh yeah, because he works in the old police station, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah, I've heard some stuff about that place. Me too. Maybe I'll uh, tell him to steer clear of that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not really one for horror, is he? Nope. Nope, he's staying far away from this. He said, and he's very worried that we're going to visit somewhere and bring something back with us. Um, well, um I, I, I kind of hopefully like, not. I don't I mean, want. I don't, I don't think we'll bring anything back, but I kind of want to see him get scared. <laughs> well, we have seen that once. Oh yeah, that was just pretty... for our listeners and just to embarrass him. Um, Elsa's brother dressed as a dinosaur the other week and jumped out in our living room window and scared him so it was amazing it is good to witness a good scare with him but we digress so the first hotel i looked at was the rose and crown Uh, this dates back to 1400 but the haunting stories don't really start until around the 1950s one of the first um, recorded sightings was by a night porter who saw a ghostly blushing bride in reception. And she was going up the stairs. She was wearing a white lace wedding dress garnished with a red flower, which I thought was quite unusual. Yeah, that's odd. Uh, pearl earrings and pearl necklace. So, you know, she wasn't, this wasn't just a, a wispy ghost. It sounds quite. I mean, it sounds like a very 50s bride, very doesn't 50s. it? 50s. Yes. Um, and then. Probably unsurprisingly, the room particularly associated with her presence is room 204, which is the honeymoon suite. And there's rumours that she was perhaps the unfaithful wife of a local farmer, or that if she was potentially killed in her wedding dress, she hadn't had much time to be unfaithful. Yeah, it's... uh, Do you know what I was thinking as well? Is that that red flower that was garnishing the dress... Maybe it wasn't a flower. Maybe it I was. I did think that. Yes, a wound of some kind. Yeah. Or, mm, and farmers have guns. No, maybe yes. it's not as maybe it's not as nice an image as we think. Not a rose, as you point out. And one little thing, and I'm determined to find out more about this. Um, apparently, when they did some remodeling in the basement, they uncovered some prison cells. And apparently, these held prisoners that were then transported to Colchester Castle via a tunnel now i know you know how much i love a tunnel you love tunnels so much every time every time that even the mention the whisper of a tunnel i am there yes if anyone it's it's like bloody mary if you say tunnels i'll be there (laughs) appear behind you like what a tunnel (laughs) so yeah i'm 
I've, I don't know if you've seen, but I've put in our list of subjects, tunnels. Yes, I did see that. I wasn't surprised. Yeah, we've uh, come up with a list of, an ever-growing list, I might add, of things to look at in Essex. Is it over 60 now we've got? Yeah, something like that. I'm actually logged into the drive. I could check it, though I don't know whether that's... I'm going to say it's around... Yeah, it looks like around 60. <laughs> yeah. So I keep adding to it. Like, woke up at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. the other night and was like... Oh! The witching hour. Were you, the witching hour. Were you being sort of suggested by some spooky presence to might add? Have been. Might have been. Well, this house actually... This house does have a little spooky story, but I'll tell you that again. <laughs> anyway, the Rosen Crown. So that's the only real ghost story I came across. But then I did a little bit of digging around on Facebook, comments that people have left. And one of the things that seemed to happen a lot to people is interference with electricity. So TVs and alarms will turn themselves on, particularly around 2 a.m., Mm. Not the usual 3am. It's like an alert, isn't it? Like when you set an alarm on your phone to say, oh, you know, I've got to do this. So remind me an hour beforehand. Maybe that's what the ghost is doing. Maybe. And I think that's a reminder. That's what the hotel owners thought. They've asked people, you know, can you check? And people have gone and checked and even the staff have gone and checked to see if anyone has set the alarm, has anyone set the reminder and nothing. Things just, I mean, lights, you can't set lights, can you? So things will just come on for no reason. Apparently, this happens in my next hotel too, but I won't. I won't spoil that yet. But uh, yeah, two a.m. in this other in the other place. Yeah, two a.m. I wonder what. Maybe something happened at two a.m. That it's kind of. That's what I thought. Maybe to do with the bride. And going back to the tunnels. <laughs> Get out of the tunnels, Bethan. Well, just thinking. I mean. Why? Why? I mean, surely it's much more difficult to transport people in a tunnel when it's just up the road. Well, I actually used to work in Colchester Castle and there were always, always rumours of tunnels. There's so many rumours about tunnels under Colchester. It is insane. And we do know a few places where they, buildings on the high street especially, have very large seeming they seem like tunnels underneath them when I've talked to people they've thought that they're possibly wine cellars before but the the castle especially and castle park actually has a a sort of a history of the rumors of the tunnels so I it I've talked to a few people about this when I worked at the castle and it it's hard to put your finger on what the exact truth is there Mm. I choose to believe there's a tunnel (laughs) a warren I choose to hold off uh, my belief until further evidence is provided. I will get that evidence. You will find me in one of those tunnels. I really hope I don't find you in one of those tunnels. (laughs) Because I think that would be the start of a horror movie. It does sound a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, that's that's all I could really get out of um, the Rosencrown, considering how old it is. There was, I found a really great video, I think, did I send it to you, um, of the staff doing a ghost tour. They were trying to hunt for ghosts and it is really funny. They've obviously got a really good sense of humour. <laughs> I'll try and post a link to it on our Instagram, but it's well worth a look. Yes, I do love those videos of people doing sort of ghost-like hunts and things. I love watching them 
especially when they're on Facebook with the comments and everything and people going behind you behind you <laughs> yes yes that haunted Britain one is quite good yeah that's fun did you want to do another or shall I go in uh, with one of my mini ones or you go in with one of your mini ones oh. and I'll build up my... to my big one I'm really sorry I keep clearing my throat by the way I think it's hay fever it's definitely not the Rona because I have done multiple tests um, and we're not in the same room anyway. We're doing this over Zoom. Right. So my second one is the Thorn Hotel in Mistley, which was built 1723 on the site of a much older original building owned by dun, 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 Matthew Hopkins, Ooh. the grand asshole himself. That was our first swear. I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, I think it's justified. Yes. So the self-proclaimed witch finder, finder general, who has been described as the foulest of foul parasites and obscene bird of prey, and whose fanaticism made him it made his name stink in men's nostrils. I'm not entirely sure where that quote came from, but kind. I, I really loved it, so I added it <laughs> into my notes. So Matthew we're going to come across him a couple of times now, aren't we? He's oh, just yeah. littered I across mean, the county. He is. He. I mean. He, oh God, I just hate him so much. Such a, such an unrelenting, absolute bastard. So apparently he wanted to set himself up as a gentleman. So whilst he lived in Manningtree, he owned the Thorn Hotel in Mistley. And there are rumours that he still haunts it. Um, he's actually buried in Mistley. So that is one of the reasons he could be haunting it. Apparently, he also used to conduct investigations at the hotel when he owned it. Oh, God. And he, I mean, obviously, he, he bought this hotel, but he was it's, he bought it with the profits, profits he made from going town to town, sort of... Blood money. Yeah, blood money. Blood money. And amazingly, apart from him, there are only two other ghosts um, who are thought to be at this hotel. Um, you'd think ha him having bought it with the blood money that he made, accusing innocent people of witchcraft, torturing them and um, sending them to hang, there would be, it would be an absolute hotspot. But apparently it's not. Um, it only has two other little ghosts. Uh, one is a serving girl who was thought to have once worked at the hotel and still walks along the corridors. And also a small boy is seen at the rear of the building. Apparently, during a fight, he was pushed um, under a horse in the stable, which trampled him to death. Oh. Which is really sad. Matthew, yeah, Matthew Hopkins, uh, his ghost is apparently spotted in quite a number of places, including the locale of Mistley, um, particularly the Thorn Hotel. But also, just to sort of like round this off nicely, the hotel now is apparently incredibly nice and is actually renowned for its fine it's fine cuisine, so don't let the fact that one of the biggest gits in history once owned it <laughs> from you. Don't put, don't let that put you off uh, from a visit. No, I've heard good things about it too. So that that was my little one of my little mini ones. I have an even shorter one um, for you later if you want to do another one of yours. Yeah, well, we did talk about whether we we're going to do this hotel or not because it's been done. Oh and yes, done, and done. Yeah. But you can't you you can't move, especially in Colchester, without talking about the Red Lion. Oh, it is the most famous, I think, probably the most famous haunted hotel in Essex, at least, if not 
I'd heard of it when I lived in Wales. Yeah. Even before I met my husband. So it got well known. Mm. Now, it was built in 1465 by the first Duke of Norfolk as his townhouse. Rather nice townhouse. And through archaeological excavations, there's evidence that there was a Roman fortress there with defences and streets and buildings of the later Roman town and an Anglo-Saxon hut. So there's even before the hotel, there's always been a presence there. There's always been a dwelling. There's always been things going on, people living their lives. So it's no wonder it's got... It's history on top of history on top of history on top of history. It's a lasagna <laughs> of history in one spot. Oh, I love that. A lasagna of history. <laughs> there are a fair few lasagnas around the town, I think. But yeah, Red Lion. I mean, one of the things they found, and which is where Red Lion Walk gets its name and the hotel, there was two Roman mosaic floors found. And one of them was depicting a red lion. And they've actually remade that. Um, you can see it in Red Lion Walk. I think oh, yes. Above. Seen, yeah. oh, that's a, a depiction of what they found. And bless her. It's a really heartbreaking one, this one. The ghost of Alice Catherine Miller. So she was um, a servant girl there and she met her untimely end in 1638. She fell in love with a guest, uh, a nobleman, and she was, oh bless her, she, she saw it as a way out. She thought this person was going to sweep her off her feet. She was going to have this wonderful new life and... He did come back, but not for her. Aww. He denied everything. And whatever happened, it escalated because then she was brutally murdered. Oh, God. I don't know the details, but apparently it it was brutal. So she, she literally got ghosted. Yeah, she literally got ghosted. And then I went on a history walk when I first came down from Wales and I... I really tried to find the name of the person who I went on this walk with. If anybody listening knows who around 2011 was doing ghost walks, I'd be really grateful if you could let me know because he obviously had a wealth of knowledge and you can't find this information online much. But apparently her lover tried to cover up the fact that he had murdered her by throwing her out the window <gasps> onto the I courtyard. Mean, it's not that high. It would not have killed her. No, it was It was never, ever of going to absolve him. Bless her. Poorly thought out plan. Very poorly thought out plan. But her ghost remains there to this day. Apparently in the 1800s, I've see I, the, my notes, I kept finding stuff. So I kept adding things. It's not in order because I thought oh I've got everything now oh this is interesting and then mm -hmm. adding something new so apparently in the 1800s the owner was so scared of her because she used to I think she still does pop up like <laughs> through a wall like people will be going about their business and hello do you want just, some tea ah well you know you joke <laughs> you joke but apparently before I get to the owner I'll go I'll skip ahead one of the staff members was staying one night in one of the rooms and was awoken at 3 a.m., why not, by a jolt of electricity. And he sat up and looked across to the rocking chair that was rocking. And as he looked, a figure of a woman appeared 
And she leant across and said, are you all right? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And she disappeared. Oh, my God. <laughs> so bless her heart. She sounds oh, she's so very, sweet. <laughs> she's so sweet. But yeah, the owner in the 1800s was so scared of her that he had her room bricked up. Apparently her room is in one of the attic rooms. You can still see it. Oh, yes. No, I have been in the Red Lion and they have that, um, they have a glass sort of bit in one of the, the bars and they have like a mannequin up there that lights up every now and again. Yeah. Um, yes, which is a, a bit cheeky, but um, all not? in good fun. All in good fun. But um, I mean, the, the Red Lion actually seems to attract a nice class of ghosts. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't often get a nice monk ghost do you yeah why is that they're monks they're monks you know these are people why? who've dedicated their lives to a peaceful existence and mostly their ghosts in death are seem to be pretty yeah <laughs> i'm thinking of like the pontefract monk you know they're pretty bad poltergeists mm. however the red line seems one of the exceptions and there was a, a terrible fire um in the building once around the time of the Greyfriars monks and this monk rushed back in to save a group of children, brought them out, was successful, but succumbed to his injuries, oh. tragically passed away. But he is seen in reception area and he likes to watch people check in or out. And he's not got a malevolent presence. Apparently people feel quite comforted by him. Oh, that's sweet. Like he's still looking after the place and checking that, you know, whoever comes in or out <laughs> is, is good. And there's one other ghost, a small boy. Now, he's only really seen by children and he's quite playful. Apparently, he um, likes to prank a lot and will appear on photographs of guests. He photobombs people, <laughs> which is how I would spend my time, actually, if oh, yeah. I was to haunt. We did talk about this earlier. If you were to haunt, where would you want to haunt? Have you thought of somewhere? Yeah, I've definitely thought of somewhere. Oh, where? I would haunt 10 Downing Street. I wonder why. I would terrorise every single person in that place. <laughs> oh, you have bigger ambitions than me. I was going to haunt a cinema and like whisper the end of films to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yours, yours is a bit more innocent. Mine's a bit more... Spoilers. <laughs> Mine's a bit more angry. <laughs> oh, you sound like you become a poltergeist. Oh yeah, I definitely would want. I I I don't want to just haunt somewhere. I don't want to just appear in photographs. I want to be able to, you know, throw some stuff about. Especially if I'm haunting Downing Street. If you go first, do you want me to send your remains there? Yes, please, please, um, please post a little envelope of my ashes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I've got you know, I, I, you know, recorded I, I, evidence. I'd only do it to the right wing governments. I wouldn't do it to. I mean, I may, you know, maybe if they you know centrists and sort of left parties that don't you know you never know they may get up to mischief you no know, i mean basically i would do it to everyone <laughs> you would you get bored yeah. otherwise uh, but apparently like i don't think it's the case now because the the red lion has seen sense and really you know given into their history the paranormal history they love it it's on their website and as you say they've obviously you know put the mannequin up there and they enjoy it but there was a time where staff were warned about talking about it to the guests and they could lose their job wow that's yeah. pretty um extreme. Pretty harsh 
So, oh, oh, and here you go. I've written a little note to myself up here, a little asterisk. Apparently once a night watchman found, he, he was going through doing his checks and left the restaurant for a minute. And when he came back, all the cushions were stacked. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, you you hear about, about it. It was a little time. boy ghost, and he was play, He was going to run and jump into them. I think so. Yes, that's what my that's what my eighteen month old does. Literally, like piles the cushions and jumps onto them. So, I have seen your your eighteen month year old do that. So uh, it sounds like a child, doesn't it? Yeah. Having a bit of fun. Though they do say that ch- child ghosts are never what they appear to be. Ooh. Like. I know I spoke about one earlier who was trampled by a horse, but I, I have heard it said that when you see children ghosts, they're like people often think that they're not ghosts at all, they're demons. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Though I think it can't be, you know, 100%. Oh, it's a child ghost, it's a demon. I think it must be sort of, you know, situation of black eyed children. Well, no, it's, I, I, I mean, we both listen to Ghost in the Burbs, don't we? Oh, yes. Um, Highly recommend that podcast. Yes, so brilliant. But I do remember her saying it's never, it's never a child. <laughs> it's, always, it's always a demon. Oh. But it's something I had heard other places as well. I mean, I look at it as like a, a trope in a story. Like, it's never the ghost of a child. It's always a demon. Like, it's a good trope. It makes you, you know, the hairs on your arm stand up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, the red line. Should we go there for lunch one day? Yeah, that would be nice. Say hello to uh, to the poor old serving girl. Yeah, to Alice. Perhaps we could leave a little flower for her. Oh, should I do my... I've got one one more little one to okay. do. And me. I've got a mini one as well. This one, I it, it's still tragic, but I found it quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, the bearing in stock is haunted by a man uh, known as Spider. So Spider-Man. Char- yeah, the Spider-Man, exactly. So 400 years ago, uh, Charlie Wilson was an ostler. And during the... Oh, hang on, I'm getting this confused now. No, the inn is 400 years old. Sorry, this is me speaking before I've read the whole line. So during the closing years of the 19th century, uh, Charlie, Charlie Wilson... Uh, was a small man with a strange sideways walk, which earned him the nickname Spider. And he he had a really peculiar habit that when he got drunk, um, he would crawl up the chimney of the tap room in the Bear Inn um, and he would emerge soot-covered from the fireplace next to the bar. And that was just his little game when he was drunk. He'd get up the chimney, come down the other chimney. Um, However, on one Christmas Eve, he decided not to come down and he sat in the uh, in a junction where the two, two two chimneys met in the loft where they cured bacon because why wouldn't you want to sit in a bacon bacon curing it must have smelt like a dream sorry to our vegan friends but uh, you can see love, what he was thinking yeah i love the smell of bacon however they uh his friends wanted to him to come down and he would not come down he sounds like a character and I kind of love him for it. I love him. So exasperated, they lit a fire. Um, <gasps> no! It was a small fire in the grate. Unfortunately, the smoke suffocated old spider. <laughs> and uh, they, there is a rumour 
not sure that it's true, that his well-cured remains are still supposedly up there. No. So his ghost often descends at night, dressed in white breeches and shiny leather boots, and he does no harm and is content to flit about the place in nooks and shadowy recesses of the Bear Inn. And I just kind of imagine him coming down doing a little dance and then, you know, and then a little crab. The chimney. Yeah, like a little crab. <laughs> a little sideways dance. Oh. Please tell me the smell of bacon announces oh, I, his presence. I hope so. I really hope so. Add it to our list of lunch places to go to. <laughs> Maybe if we order some bacon. Oh, could you imagine though? Like you, Death by bacon. Death by bacon. I mean... It's still a horrendous way to go. And what if his his remains are still up there? Have you got a mini drone? <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to discover that though. Just no, little... I mean, and they've been up there since what? What was it? The closing years of the nineteenth century. The article I read told uh, told me so. They must be leathery as as hell. Ooh, um, yeah. Let's. let's um... Yeah, that one. He bless his little heart. As you say, I love him already. Yeah, I thought that was, you know, still disturbing, but a fun one for the end of my section. <laughs> I think we should have a top 10 ghost list. Oh, yeah, but we definitely should. Them. Whenever we find a good one, just add it and then perhaps people can vote. Yeah, so Charlie, Charlie Wilson, known as Spider, is the first entry on that list, I think. Though I, I do want to add Alice. Yeah, I kind of love her. She just she just wants to make sure the guests are okay, and she's she had such a terrible time. I wouldn't blame her if she was like a violent pol- poltergeist, but she's not. Bless her, she's still just Sounds quite sweet, sweet. <laughs> a sweet girl who just wants to you know make sure everybody's okay. Oh, <laughs> oh. Shall I do my third mini? My my last yes, one. Yes, go for it. So you might have noticed a theme with mine that all white and black Tudor timber building. Can you, get, can you guess where I've gone next? Oh, um, hang on. There was the Rose and Crown. There's the... Do you know, I, I know what that... I know what the one is, but the name escapes me. Go for, go for it. The old siege house. Of course. And again, the history of it is just as interesting, if not more, than the paranormal goings on. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you were to see this place... I I wondered for ages what these marks were. So on the outside of the building, there's these red wax circles all over it. And this is from musket balls, some still embedded in the wood from the Siege of Colchester. Yes, I think that's actually their logo, isn't it? One of those it red is. wax, yeah. It is. So, I mean, already you, it's a cracking story. Mm-hmm. And... Quite unsurprisingly, a lot of the hauntings are linked to the soldiers from the English Civil War who were seen going in and out or past the building. And in the 90s, there was quite a lot of reports about a cavalier who used to march down East Street and would see be seen disappearing outside the hotel, just like get to the hotel and then all of a sudden disappear. Check in. Check in, yeah. And I couldn't find much else, but apparently there's one extremely haunted room in which objects move on their own, and it's quite big objects, and staff refuse to work in there alone, so they're um, they're put on the rotor in pairs. And I just love that. Ah, oh. um, the people who run the Rising Crown now actually are 
um, I think they're still the they actually came from where I work now. They're um, oh the Rose and Crown or the Siege. Oh no, the Rose and Crown, the Siege House. Sorry, mm. um, the people who run the Siege House were two um, of the chefs who used to train people at the place I work at now. Oh fab! And I have been there for food, and it's really really nice. We went there for our um, Christmas meal a couple of years ago. Uh, oh yeah, Christmas we had meal. our Christmas meal there as, once as well. It was so good. It's 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 the place to go, I think, for higher education places to go for their Christmas meal. <laughs> yeah, it was very tasty, very tasty. Yeah, all these places that we've talked about. Yeah, don't let, are, don't let it put you, you off. off. You know, they're they're all like really beautiful old buildings, really nice places to go visit. So yeah, and you know we've done six hotels we may have to revisit this subject because it, there there was, anymore. it was a gold mine and also there are some that i'm convinced are haunted they must be but there's nothing <laughs> about them so with an old this... house i'm coming for you with an old house i don't know that one very well the university oh yes of course and you were quite interested in the other sort of big boutique hotel we have in colchester are we allowed to say who if that it... is do they try and could do? Yeah, I, I, they... I'm. I'm very interested in. Well, it was an urban legend, but I'd love to know if there's any truth behind it. The Greyfriars and well, East Hill House, because that's going to become part of the chain. And I really want to go. Can we do an afternoon tea there? Who's seen the afternoon? Yes, tea? of course. Yeah, um, but I know. I know that when you were researching, you were calling these places, and you weren't always getting a response. Where are you? I didn't. And bless them. Do you know what? It could be because they're exceptionally busy. Oh, yeah, of course. That is probably one good reason. And um, it's probably why we should revisit it. I did email and contact a lot of hotels. So I might, you know, we never never know. I might get some responses. So we might need to revisit this subject again. But um, yeah, it's, as you say, a treasure trove. And the thing that interests me the most with Greyfriars is a supposed tunnel. A tunnel! Oh my goodness, again. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Tunnels everywhere. And this one is haunted. Apparently there's a rumour of immurement. Immurement? Immurement? Well, buried alive. Uh, but I think that I can't actually, remember the word for that now. <laughs> I think it is immurement. Immurement. I've never heard that. Maybe it's one of those words that I've only ever read and then when I hear it, it sounds very strange. Could be. But I think, do you know what I'm thinking? It could be confused with a story from The Fox and the Fiddler. But I'll save that for a pub theme because, again, there's a tunnel. And Matthew Hopkins is involved. Ah, that's... Your favourite, yeah. Ah. So, yeah, I'll, um, I'm still digging into that. Digging in tunnel. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Now, I... Before we start to close off and everything, there's one thing I've noticed, and I know you've noticed, for the oldest town, Britain, and the Roman connections, there's very few Roman ghosts. Yes. And um, I know you have a theory, and I have a theory, <laughs> and we haven't told each other yet. Who wants to go first I'll and go see first. whether our theories match? I don't mind going first. Okay, no. go for it. It's prob this has probably been born out of watching far too much Supernatural. But with the Boudican Revolt and the fact that, you know, culture was pretty much razed to the ground and burned. There's a whole, like, level, isn't there, where it's just charcoal. And 
I've heard, I've, I'm trying to find the actual source for this. If anybody knows it, please let me know that the ground was salted to stop things growing. Now, as we know, any supernatural fans out there, if you salt and burn, you're going to destroy the ghost. <laughs> That's my. Are we very... saying Boudicca was the first um, hunter? Hunter, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? You heard it here first. My theory is slightly different to yours. In fact, almost entirely different, though it does have some of the same themes. My theory is, is that it's to do with the ground level. Because as we know, there is, like you mentioned, there's a whole layer of um, charcoal, basically, underneath Colchester, where it was burnt down. I've heard it called the, Bud- the Boudican Event Horizon, yes. um, the Boudicca Ash Level. It's, it's a geological phenomenon here in Colchester. You can actually see... So if you go down to a place we didn't mention, we probably should have looked up, the George Hotel, in their basement, they have a section where you can actually see the strata and see that level, um, which is quite interesting. So that is the level where sort of Roman occupancy is, and it's in the basement. So if there is any ghosts, they're probably going unseen. Possibly. I mean... It's, it just seems weird. Like, why would, why would a Roman ghost appear on the street level of Colchester when its street level was at least, you know, a few feet below? I mean, it may explain why there's a lot of basement shenanigans in Colchester. I mean, there's, again, this is more like word of mouth. Yeah. Basement but shenanigans. <laughs> basement shenanigans. I mean, we know people who work in the shops along there, the pubs, mm-hmm. and... You know, we've had a chat over a pint before and there's always a story about barrels getting moved and noises. I don't think there's a, an establishment with a basement that hasn't got something odd going on in the basement. I mean, you know, there's... I I, I was going to take this to a very weird place, but... <laughs> I, I do weirder know, than supernatural. I, yes. I do cool. know somebody who moved into a house in Colchester who discovered in their basement... This is probably TMI. They discovered in their basement that it had been painted blood red. Um, And it's very rare to have like a basement in Colchester like this, but they had one. The basement was painted blood red and it had a lot of um, ties like over the beams. And so they didn't think a a lot about it. They jokingly called it the sex dungeon. (laughs) And then as they were, they got their house on... They they basically bought their house at auction. It had been foreclosed, and when she when this this person was moving in, they got a knock at the door, and um, this guy was like, "Oh, you opening up again?" And um, she was like, "No, I'm just moving in." And he explained to her that the house she was buying had once been a brothel. Oh, ooh. okay, yeah, with a sex dungeon, and that's why basement shenanigans. Basement shenanigans, exactly. I don't know how, you know, true that is, but um, I I tend to believe that. <laughs> well, it's a good story to share. Yeah. I mean, we're eerie Essex. It doesn't have to all be ghosts. <laughs> it can just be things that are just interesting. <laughs> and that is uh, interesting. Yes. It was. I ac- accidentally got trapped in her basement once. Because <laughs> it had... <laughs> It has two doors 
And um, there was one door right at the top of the steps and one door sort of halfway up. And because I'm so sure, I couldn't reach the one that, that was halfway up. And she was like, oh, I don't want to move everything in front of the door. You to got get trapped the... in the... Well, it took me a while. To... It took me a few minutes of scrambling to climb up. But basically, we all went down there to have a look at the sex dungeon. And then when everybody got up, I was the last one out. And I was too short to actually reach the, the, the door to get out. <laughs> I just now got visions of you haunting a basement like that. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna, it, never mind Parliament. I'm going to send your ashes there. Oh God! Feel to get out. No, thank you. Eternally trying to climb out. Just make little scratching noises. Mm-hmm. Like this. <laughs> well, right. we did it our first podcast. Yay! I, I hope you've all enjoyed. Yeah, I hope this um, actually sounded better than like it did in our heads. It did in our heads. Yeah. And yeah, we'll be back soon with another episode. As you, as we said earlier, we have about <laughs> 60 subjects we want to cover, so we will be coming back. Maybe going back round on some, because you never know. Too much information. I might like, wear too. down some of my hotels and they'll go, all right, we'll tell you. <laughs> but if anyone's got any stories, anything, if it's about what we've talked about in this episode, or if it's just something genuinely eerie that's happened to you we'd love to hear from you and you can reach us at eerieessexpodcast at gmail.com i double check it before you send anything there's a lot of ease in there and it's i i did i made the um web address <laughs> and i struggle with it i have to count how many e's i've put in and think how on earth do you spell eerie but there you go we'd love to hear from you and i think we should do a call out and a thank you to a couple of podcasts who have inspired us but also guided us i mean weird norfolk for me they are brilliant if you're yeah, after you got me onto that one that one's it is really good well it's worth a so good they are so funny um stacia and Sophie who talk about all things weird in norfolk occasionally suffolk and i imagine we might dip our toe in suffolk yeah, now and might, again we may have to sort of you know fight for the rights over Suffolk I, yeah I think challenge a duel <laughs> unless anyone wants to do strange Suffolk you know put that out there but they were a really lovely source of inspiration and when I told them what we were doing they were so encouraging and they can't wait to hear it so I hope you enjoy it as you inspired us and Folkways our friend Ashley who has done an absolutely beautiful folklore podcast it's like a guided meditation through the folklore of britain it's like you sit down by a roaring fire with her with a glass of wine or a brandy i'm never going to look at brandy the same now <laughs> um mm, this this brandy tastes a bit strange a little mm, bit mm, mm, like, mm, like, <laughs> like bigamy <laughs> yes so yeah highly recommend that one as well and she bless her gave us really good tips on what software to use and how to do a good podcast. So thank you, Ashley, for that. We couldn't have done it without you. Thank you. And we hope to see you all again. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.